Welcome to the Moonlight of Amuna, Parshas Bahar. This week's learning should be as Chos for Rufu Shleimah for Charnamasha, Bas Vilcharatz, Bas Rochel Shmuel Shnei Zalman, Yichav Chava, Benachmor Chavin Ofirachai, Bas Tov Efraim Ben Yafa, Michaim Ben Sara, Chama Peral Malka Leibas, Chana Serol, and Lila Nishmas Henya Bas Yechiel Mechel. So this week's parsha opens up with the halachas of the instructions of of Shmita. And Yoival, and Hashem says to the Jewish people that every seven years you have to leave the land uh, a year of rest, the Shemitah year, a year of rest. And if you look a little bit further into the parsha, the parsha says in Perik Chaf Hey Pasuk Chaf. The Pasuk says a very interesting, uh, unusual way of saying something. It says And if you will say, what will we eat? in the seventh year. Behold, we won't sow, we won't gather, as to us, no, our, our crops. And I will give my bracha to you in the sixth year. And it'll make grain for three years. So there's a few questions on this. Right, the 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 Torah asks basically almost like a rhetorical question. If you'll ask what, or the or not really rhetorical, but the Torah is really saying, uh, the 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 Torah is um, anticipating a question. Hashem saying, leave the land empty for a full year, which means we have a problem because we're not going to be able to plant that year. So that year, the and we're not allowed to work the field that year, so we won't have the fruits that year. We're not going to have the fruits the following year because we're not going to plow and sow the fields in the seventh year. So what are we going to eat in the seventh and the eighth year? So Hashem says, I'm going to make a miracle. You're going to th- have this question. If you're going to ask this question, and if you would ask this question, what are we going to eat? Hashem says, I'm going to make a miracle that the sixth year is going to give a real bumper crop three years worth of, of produce and the question comes up like what why why did we need to have the, que- the this question why did Hashem promise this right away you keep you don't work in the seventh year and don't worry about it I'm gonna keep I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three years worth of produce in this in the sixth year why does Hashem have to wait for the question if you're gonna have this question just just make this promise right away and also, why did we need the miracle to be done in this way? Why did we need the miracle to be done in a way that you're going to have a bumper crop in the sixth year? Couldn't Hashem make other miracles? First of all, it would be much easier for us if, if Hashem just said, you know what, you're only going to need a third of, a th- what, you'll have a sixth year produce, and when you eat one third of what you normally eat, you'll be satisfied, you'll be healthy, everything will be good. It's the same type of miracle. Why Why does Hashem give this type of miracle that's going to require storage, right? We have, now we have to store three years worth of of, of, of crops, we have to make sure that the animals don't get to it, right? Why, why did why did Hashem have to do this? Why couldn't Hashem say, "Keep shemitah and don't worry"? I'm going to make sure that the food is much more efficient. Uh, in the sixth year's fruits are going to be much more efficient, and you'll only have to use a p- small portion of it, and it'll 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 hold you through three years. As a matter of fact, Rashi in next week's parsha, parsha b'chukaisai, parachavav pasuk hey. For, for those who are not Yisrael, to see, we're bringing in this next week the, the parsha for you this week as well. Rashi over there talks about when Hashem is talking about the brachas. Rashi over over there says in pasuk hey, v'yacheltem lach mechem l'soyve, you'll eat your breads to satisfaction. Oichel kima, you'll eat very little. V'hum is barach b'meav, and it'll be blessed in your stomach. So Hashem could have offered that here also. Hashem could have offered that also. So there's a 
for the for Shemitah. So there's a sefer called the Peri Yisrael from Rabbi Yisrael Shalom Yosef of Bush that he writes the following idea, and it's really a tremendous idea. And this also answers the question that we often ask: uh, What are we supposed to do nowadays? Okay, so Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael, we keep Shemitah nowadays, but most of us are not farmers. But most of us don't live in Eretz Yisrael, and even those who do, we're not farmers. So yes, maybe we've contributed to some Shemitah fund, and we're trying to be involved in the mitzvah of Shemitah, but we're not really. We don't really feel a Shemitah. So what's the lesson that we should? Uh, wherever we live today, nowadays, learn from this, and maybe those will answer the, the, these questions. He says that we know in general that um, when Hashem does miracles, when, when there's a miracle done, that is a break from what we call Teva, what we call nature. Open miracles are a break from nature. So something miraculous happens, like the famous case just off the top of my head. Uh, Reb Hanina ben Daisa's daughter filled the the candles before Shabbos with vinegar, and she was crying because now they weren't going to have Shabbos candles. And Reb Hanina ben Daisa said, the same Hashem who says that oil should burn, vinegar will burn, and the vinegar burned, right? That's an open miracle that breaks the laws of nature. Normally, vinegar does not burn in a candle, and here, here it did. But there are also miracles... Um, there are miracles within nature, right? Sometimes things that are hidden miracles. Let's say, for example, all the miracles of Purim. There were no open miracles by Purim, but we see quite clearly that the unfolding of events was very miraculous. And the truth is, in our own daily lives, we know that there are miracles, right? A person is having trouble with Parnassah, and all of a sudden some, something comes in that there was no reasonable expectation for it to come in. It, it's not supernatural. It's within the laws of nature. Or anything, health and, 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 and children and all these things in our lives... There are many miracles that are hidden within nature, and then there are supernatural miracles that are outside of nature. And he explains that the reason why, really, Hashem would prefer to keep all of his miracles within nature, not to make them so obvious. That Hashem created the world with nature. Nature itself is miraculous. The fact that the sun rises uh, every morning, that's itself uh, a miracle. We just get used to it. But everything in our lives is really miracle. A miracle. The, the fact that the human body functions, is, is, is no, there's no shortage of miracles in, that, in the event that the human body works the way it's supposed to work. So really, Hashem prefers to do miracles in, in that uh, uh, in that setting, in, within nature. But why does Hashem sometimes leave nature, does a miracle that's supernatural? The reason is, for our emuna. Hashem sometimes realizes that we need a wake-up call. We're starting to take things for granted. We're starting not to recognize Hashem's hand in our daily lives. And therefore, on occasion, Hashem does something, right, these Hashkacha Pratis stories that were always uh, shown. Every time something goes well, right? If a person wasn't sick and just stayed healthy, that's no less of a miracle than if a person was sick and then had some kind of miraculous recovery. But we don't always see that. So Hashem has to remind us sometimes. And therefore, He gives us these out-of-the-ordinary uh, situations, these out-of-the-ordinary miracles to remind us that it's His hand that's behind everything which really means that it's our own failing that causes Hashem to do a miracle, right? For the tzaddik who sees that every single thing is a miracle, the tzaddik who is always is connected to Hashem, who's davik Hashem, who connects to Hashem, and as his amuna and bitachin is 100% strong, he sees the fact that the sun rises in the morning no less miraculous than if than the, when the Yamsuf splits. He sees that as the same miracle. He recognizes, what does it mean to recognize a miracle? That you realize that Hashem's hand is here. That Tzaddik sees that all the time. So when Hashem has to do a miracle, an out, a supernatural miracle as we're calling it, 
It's not for the tzaddik. The tzaddik is no more uh, no more impressed by that than he is by every daily occurrence. Every there's a famous story with Moshe Shapiro. Without getting into a story, where somebody came in and told him a whole series of miracles that happened to him, and Moshe Shapiro wasn't wasn't impressed by it. So the the Talmud said to him, you know, Rebbe, did I, you hear what I just told you? All these crazy miracles. So he said, I, I, what, what's the chiddush? What's the novelty in what you're relaying to me? That Hashem runs the world. I knew that before you walked in here. Yeah, very nice. That here they were open miracles, but I see. Hashem's hand, I see Hashem's miracles in, in my daily life, and every single thing that happens to me, I see Hashem's, I see Hashem's hands. So the, the tzaddik is not impressed by these, meaning it doesn't, it doesn't waver him. He lives his entire life, every second of every day is filled with miracles. Which is really how we're supposed to see see this, and the proof that we're supposed to see this is we say three times a day in Shmon Esrei, in the Brach of Modim, we say Al Nisecha Part of what we're thanking Hashem for is uh, the miracles that are that are with us every single day. And your wonders and your goodness that's with us at all times, right? We just we say those words, we don't really think about it, but if we stop to think about it, every single second of our day is filled with miracles of Hashem. The fact that we can take a deep breath, breath in and a deep breath out is. Tre- Tremendous. The fact that we could see, we could we could hear every single second that we're able to use our senses; those are are real miracles. Therefore, when Hashem does a miracle, performs a miracle, there's something lacking in us. So when there's a national miracle like like Kriyas uh, Yamsof or Matan Torah, that was for generational purposes. But if we see an open miracle in our lives, that's telling us that something is wrong in our emuna and our bitachon. If our emuna and bitachon were stronger, Hashem wouldn't have to resort to that. So we could say, I would never say this about a specific case, we could never say this about a specific case, but sometimes maybe, if a person got sick and then was cured in a miraculous way, had he not, had his emuna been stronger, he could have avoided the whole sickness in the first place. He could have avoided a person loses his parnasa and then some miracle happens that he has a great parnasa. It could be that if his amuna was stronger, he wouldn't have need, needed this. And so what he says is that those who serve Hashem, recognizing Hashem's hand in every single moment, they bring uh, uh, to themselves and to the whole world, they bring tremendous abundance and go- good which is miraculous in the in through nature. So when a person has a parnasa, it's in this chus of the tzaddik who believes in Hashem all the time, or or himself or his wife. That brings tremendous blessing into our lives. When we believe everything is Hashem, then Hashem gives it to us in a natural, healthy, easy, without difficulties, because. The purpose of creating these open miracles is because our Amunah wasn't strong, and therefore Hashem has to make it strong. So if we, if we, but if our Amunah is strong, then Hashem gives it to us in a much more straightforward, simple, easy way. He gives a very simple mushal. He gives a very simple example. When you decide to do something, whatever it is, I'm going to get up and pick up that glass that's across the room. The minute you make that decision, so your body just goes into action, right? Your arms, don't, your arms and your legs don't start having a, a discussion. Well, if you walk there, then I'll grab the glass, and then you have to walk back, right? The arms don't say that to the legs. You made the decision, I'm going to get up and go get that glass and bring it back. So your body just does it. it there's no further consideration. You decide you're doing it. But if I want to ask my friend to go across the room and bring me that glass, right? So then there may have to be some back and forth. Do you mind? Is it okay? Why? 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 Why should you go get it? Why shouldn't I go get it? Right there could be a lot more, a lot more things, a lot more conversation about whether you, whether he's going to go do it, and I can't automatically uh, throw him into motion. I have to convince him that this is something that he should do for me. And that's because he's not part of me. It's not the natural progression. So he says the same thing is here. If you 
fully trust in Hashem, know that everything is from Hashem, so then naturally the abundance flows down to you because that's the way Hashem wants it to be. Hashem wants to give us, but we, we get in the way. We don't believe where it's coming from. We don't recognize it, and therefore sometimes Hashem has to withhold that and perform, perform a miracle. But if we recognize that, then it goes much more smoothly. Then it's like me deciding I'm going to go pick up that thing across the room, and it, my body just goes into motion and does it. So he says, now let's go back and read the Pasuk. It says, if you will say, Hashem says like this, if you're not going to ask the question, if you have Emunah, I told you to keep Shemitah, if you're not going to ask any questions, if you're just going to trust that Hashem told us to rest in the seventh year, whatever will be, will be, it's all in Hashem's hands, then there's nothing to talk about here. Then I will give you the bracha in a million different ways. You won't even notice it, right? You'll have the same one year's crop that comes out in the sixth year, and that'll satisfy you for three years. It'll happen within nature. You won't see this a tremendous miracle of a bumper crop of a three-year crop. You won't need it. You'll have the same. You'll have. You'll 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 split that six-year crop into three, but each one, but each uh, third will be as satisfying as a full as a full year's worth of crap crop. You'll survive on that hidden miracle, on that miracle within teva, within nature. But now that you're asking the question, that's why the pasuk uses this funny lashon. And if you will ask, if you're going to ask. Then I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to make this open miracle. Because if you're asking the question, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat in the in the seventh year? That means you don't have the proper level of Amun and Betachan. Now I'm going to have to make an open miracle, which is going to cost you more because you're going to have to be busy with with, with reaping and, 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 and cutting three times as much and storing three times as much and being busy with three times as much. It would have been much more natural, much more much more straightforward had you had the, the requisite uh, amount of Amun. But you didn't. So now Hashem says, Vechisaymru, if you're going to say. So Hashem is basically giving us this lesson. If you trust me, it's going to work in a wonderful, easy, simple way. But but if you're going to ask that question, if you're going to ask the questions, you're going to worry about it. If you're not going to trust me, so then I'm going to make miracles. I'm going to take care of you because I always take care of you. But it's not going to, it's going to be in this big way that has to remind you that I'm here. And it's going to also be much more troublesome for you. A similar idea is brought by the Majid Surebi in his Sefer Yisab Bracha. He says that people have it backwards. People have it backwards. People worry about Hashem's tasks and they don't worry about their own. What does that mean? What do people spend their time worrying about? They worry about their parnasa. What do they not worry about? They don't worry about their own spiritual growth, their own Yerushalayim. Right? He says, and that's backwards. Why? Because parnasa is completely up to Hashem. How much money we're going to have is completely up to Hashem. So we're worrying about Hashem's job. It's Hashem's job to give us parnasa, to give us the, the money we need. And yet people worry about that. But it's our job, as the Gemara famously says in Brachas, right? Hakobi de Shemaim, Chutzmi Yerushalayim. Everything is in hands of heaven, except for Yerushmaim. My fear, my awe of Hashem, my my spiritual uh, life—that's the only thing that's up to me. How 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 good of a, of a servant of Hashem I'm going to be? That's completely up to me. I don't worry about that, but I worry about Hashem's jobs. He says they have it backwards. And not only is it silly because you're worrying about the thing that's not in your control, and you're not worrying about the thing that is in your control, you actually exacerbate the problem. Why? He says, because the one thing that pushes away, let's say a person is destined to get a certain parnasa, certain, a certain amount of money. The one thing that could push it away is worry. If he's worrying about it, right, that again, we, we always have to remind ourselves, we have a chiv of hishtadlis, but here we're talking about worrying about it. If you worry about it, you could push it away. He says when the Yetzirah sees that a Jew is supposed to get something good, he tries to put worry into that Jew's uh, heart, right, so that he could push away this abundance that the person's supposed, supposed to get. 
And he says, that's what the Pasuk is pointing out here. You're going to say, if you're going to worry about it, now you created a problem. Right? Then you're going to say, hey, we didn't, we didn't plant, we didn't, we didn't gather. And then Hashem says, now I have to work harder to bring you the Shefa. If you wouldn't worry about it, then that Shefa, the abundance, comes straight to you. That comes directly to you without any further effort. Because our job is, when it comes to the Parnasa, is to work on our Yira Shemaim, to make ourselves a Kli Kibble, to make ourselves a Kali that could receive. By worrying, we close up that Kali. We close up the ability. Hashem, the the, the Parnasa is there waiting for us. Hashem decided what he's giving us. Our only job is to say, I have a Muna in Hashem, I'm going to work on my Yerushmaim, I'm going to work on my davening and my learning. And if I do that, then the Parnasa comes directly to us. When we start worrying about it, we say, then the Pesukim have to start getting into how you're going to get this Shefa. What, if we would have not worried about it, if we wouldn't have said very much like what we were saying before, then the Shefa comes directly to us. So the message from these from these Pesukim, even though we may not be actively involved with Shemitah, but the messages of Shemitah are very important to us. Yes, we have to go to work. Yes, we have to do business. Yes, we have to do the things that we need to do to live in this world. But we're not supposed to overdo it. We're not supposed to tr- worry about it, obsess over it, think about how is it going to be. It doesn't make any sense. We have to know that everything is being controlled by Hashem. And the more we work on that and the more we recognize Hashem's hand and the less we worry about it, and those two come hand in hand, the more I rely on Hashem, have a moon on Hashem and trust on Hashem, automatically the less I'm going to worry about it. Right? If I know, that if, I, if I'm very secure in the person who's bringing me something, I don't sit around worrying about is he going to bring it is he not it's only when I'm not sure of something that I worry so those two go hand in hand the more our amuna, the stronger our amuna, the stronger we work on a relationship with Hashem so that so those channels are open the less and the less we worry which which is two sides of the same coin the more Shef Hashem gives us the more it will come in a natural healthy easy way without us having to go through obstacles to get there first and if we and if we if we incorporate this message into our lives, and we learn this now, we're in the year of Shemitah. We're sitting here in the in the year of Shemitah. If we incorporate that in our lives, we can live Shemitah even though we're not on a farm or we're not we're not someplace where we have to keep Shemitah, where Shemitah really affects us on a regular basis. But we could take the lessons of Shemitah and, we, and to do do in doing that, we'll will 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 benefit our physical lives and our spiritual lives and every and our relationship with Hashem and everything will go smoother and simpler and easier and in a way that doesn't involve worry and 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 obsessing over things. And with with that, I wish you all a wonderful, beautiful Shabbos, a Shabbos filled with all the Shefat, it should always come easily and it should come smoothly and in a way that we, we recognize and accept that it's all coming from Hashem. Have a great Shabbos.